Hello and a very warm welcome to the Women in Tech SEO podcast. I am Sarah McDowell, an SEO content executive, and I will be your host for today. Joining me, I have the wonderful Levi Williams-Klukas, who is an SEO specialist at Strategic with a Q, and they will be talking to us today about local SEO. Welcome to the show, Levi. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. This season is sponsored by Screaming Frog. Screaming Frog developed crawling and log file analysis software for the SEO industry and wanted to support the Women in Tech SEO podcast as listeners to the show. They've just released version 16 of their SEO Spider software, which includes improved JavaScript crawling to help you identify dependencies such as JavaScript content and links, automated crawl reports for Data Studio integration, advanced search and filtering, and the app is now available in Spanish, French, German and Italian. You can check out the latest version at Screaming Frog's website, screamingfrog.co.uk. Thank you for giving up your time and agreeing to spend Wednesday afternoon with me. Have you had a good day? I've had a great day, actually. Yeah, it's been nice and sunny outside and I've been able to pet my cats today. So very happy. (laughs) Sounds like a wonderful, wonderful Wednesday. Um, So to kick things off, I want to ask you how you got into um, this wonderful world of SEO and how you ended up being an SEO specialist at the agency Strategic. Uh, So I've always been into marketing. Um, I did my degree in marketing and was ready to go as soon as I came out of uni. Um, It didn't work that way. (laughs) Um, And I ended up having a bunch of random temp jobs um, and then got my first proper agency job um, at Strategic as the digital PR. Um, I decided it wasn't for me and thankfully my manager noticed an interest in me um, for SEO and suggested it. Um, Shout out to Chris Green if anybody knows him. Um, (laughs) He suggested, you know, would you like to move into SEO? And I thought, yeah, I'm going to give that a crack. And uh, I've been happy as a pig in mud ever since, really. Um, Yeah, it's definitely my calling. (laughs) I love that saying, happy as a pig in mud. I've not heard I've not heard that one before. Oh, it's one of my favorites. <laughs> what one bit of advice would you give other women starting out in the industry? Um, I had a good think about this actually, because there's a lot of things that I think I would like to to give as advice to women in the industry, but I think my main one is not to change who you are or what you believe in to fit into something that other people say you should be or should believe in. Um you know, how you look, sound, how you identify really doesn't have any impact on how good you are at your job and how well you can learn what you need to do in order to succeed in your role. And you should really remind yourself of that when you feel like you've been treated otherwise and prove those people wrong. Um, I have, I'm here, I'm covered in tattoos and piercings and I have a very successful career um, despite, you know, being judged on a regular basis about things like that so absolutely don't change who you are to fit someone else's agenda 
I absolutely love that advice and I could not agree more. Um, you have to stay to you, stay true to yourself, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Right, it's time for some quick fire round questions and I'm going to start with, what is the best flavour of ice cream? Mint choc chip, hands down. Oh, I agree. Don't agree with pistachio. Like, oh, I hate it no. when, because it's green as well. So you think yeah. you're getting mint and it's pistachio. What's that about? <laughs> What is the last book that you read? Uh, oh, that's a good question. What is the last book I read? Oh, um, it's the, the product-led SEO by Eli Schwartz. Ah. Yeah, I... very interesting. I've not finished it yet, but it's very good so far. Ah, okay. So are you halfway near the end just started? About halfway now. Well, uh, crack on, crack on. <laughs> uh, what sound irritates you? Um... I don't know if you'll know what I mean, but the sound a cat makes when they're hungry. <laughs> I mean, I really want to ask for an example, but I feel like that's just mean. But is it annoying? Is that why? It, yes, but it's also cute. Oh, okay. <laughs> Most used app on your phone? Oh, probably TikTok. Oh, you're in the TikTok. <laughs> are, you, are you more so like watching TikToks? Or are you, like, getting involved in posting videos? I'm 100% a bystander. I did just, a little bit of posting and i just immediately embarrassed. So uh, I just enjoy other people's cat videos, basically. And my last question is, do you snooze your alarm? Yes, about seven times every morning. I mean, it's the way <laughs> forward. I'm exactly the same. And yeah. it irritates my partner so much because, yeah. <laughs> I ha end up because you end up snoozing it like every five minutes in effect yeah. you have about 10 alarms in one morning <laughs> yeah right so you agreed to come on the podcast to talk about local SEO and yes I'm very excited to be speaking with you about this today so let's start with the basics what is local SEO um so generally speaking it's just optimizing what I like to call your online entity so your website and all the other things connected to it to be visible in search results that's either in a specific area or about a specific area um, I think it's important to include the about a specific area as well because that can make a big difference to search results if you're adding a location modifier to a search. Now just something to like clear up as well is that Technically speaking, um, local SEO, we're sort of talking about like your online uh, local presence with like online directories. Mm -hmm. But because of like the monopoly that Google has, um, we're, we're more so like focusing on Google. Is that right to say? Or Yeah, I think there's there is opportunity in local SEO with things like Bing Maps and a whole bunch of other search engines that you can use. But yeah. Absolutely. It's more often than not, people will go straight to Chrome or Google search on their mobile devices or, you know, something similar to to look for their local things. And it, arguably, they provide the best local results as well. So generally speaking, yeah, Google. So would you say then if you're putting like a plan of action together, um, sort of like tackle your fo your focus main priority is google and then once you got yourself into a place where you're happy with then move on to look at other opportunities or yeah i mean i'd say absolutely look at your kind of user base first so if you've got perhaps an older generation user base or um b2b you tend to get more 
of the Microsoft. I can't remember which one the Microsoft is now. Mm. Um, but you tend to get more of the the other search engines that are being used instead of Google. So we do have things like Bing. We do always keep an eye on just in case the user base uses that more. Um, but generally, we would normally go for Google first unless the data says otherwise. What would you say are some of the fundamentals of local SEO? So as we said, Google My Business um, and the alternative versions. I, I think it's Bing Businesses for me or something like that. It's got a silly name. Um, and that those sorts of uh, business profiles, absolutely the most critical part, in my opinion. Local links, also important. I think they're they're a fundamental that get missed quite often. People think they're not that valuable, but they really are. Locally focused content. If you're talking about being local to somewhere, but you can't say anything about the area, are you really that local? Do you really know much about the area? Um, and also consistency. That comes across in like all your citation building and directory building, but also just generally across your website, being consistent is so important for being trustworthy as a, a good result in the local area. So with consistency, um, like a, a buzzword that I hear a lot when people talk about local SEO is your NAP, isn't it? So um, where you've got consistency with your name, address and postcode. Yeah. Um, and I suppose that's just um, sort of like if you've, if like your core data is correct, like anywhere that you can be found, that's sort of one way that Google and other online directories can sort of um, qualify you in a way, I suppose. Yeah, it's a really good way of making sure that obviously if you've got consistency across everything that your business name is connected to, then people are going to trust your brand more. But also it makes it easier if somebody's spelt something wrong or, um, you know, they're not quite sure how to spell your brand name, but they might know the phone number or they might know the address of the business having that all connected up and consistent just makes it so much easier to create this lovely web of information that's all the same um, and encourage that trust within the brand so I'm getting the vibe um, so you've, you've already said about trust but um, reputation reviews trust all those sort of things has a fairly big impact on local SEO uh, yeah, I mean, personally, um, I know there are people that would argue against this, but personally, it's the most important part. So, you know, Google is slowly becoming more and more like a person and how it treats search results and what it how it decides what is valuable for a user. So, you know, if you look at it from a, a user's perspective, if you've got no reputation, if you've got no reviews, if you've got no news about you, you haven't done any press releases with good news or you know anything like you've got nothing about you really online people aren't going to trust your business and in in turn google's not going to trust your business and the same goes for a bad reputation so if you've got loads of bad press about you lots of bad reviews poor trust signals on the website that's not gonna that's definitely not going to benefit you basically um but if it's all good then it's it's gonna benefit you. I'm getting the vibe here that sort of like reputation management is key, isn't it? Like you need to you need to sort of have an idea of what's being said about you and yeah, and sort of like have a plan for that. And also you need a plan for gathering reviews because people do their research, don't they? They they yeah. they look and they look at reviews, see what people are saying. Are we saying that all of that sort of reputation reviews all goes in towards trust? Yeah. 
absolutely yeah okay then so even if legitimate can you have too many reviews too frequently um i think it depends on the business classic seo response it depends (laughs) (laughs) you had to get it in during this podcast yeah (laughs) but unfortunately it does depend on the business so you'll have some businesses that will get reviews you know for every single customer that visits just because of the nature of the business um things like hairdressers places like that where it's very visual and you can see an immediate result from the business's service you're much more likely to get quick reviews all in one go um but to be honest I've never seen an example where there's been too many reviews particularly with Google My Business or Trustpilot or those platforms that you see a lot. I've never seen that as an issue. Um, I think if you had, if you were spammed with lots of negative reviews, that would definitely be an issue. But most search engines would pick that up as being spam. Um, so it probably wouldn't cause a problem. But I'd be interested to know if anybody's had any problems from getting, you know, hundreds or thousands of reviews um all in one go when it comes to like the legitimacy of a review then can can google sort of know when it's not a real review um i don't think outright but there are certain things that people tend to do when they're leaving sneaky fake reviews to harm someone and google seems to pick up on those quite well um so if they leave repeated one star reviews all in one day when they've never left a review before, for example, or um, like Google will pick up on those sorts of patterns that come out of specific accounts. Um, and also if anybody's reported a review from that person before, um, you do tend to get, is this review, you know, actually any good for you? <laughs> um, yeah, so I think it, it picks up on it, but it's, you know, obviously you're still going to get fake reviews and things that come through that Google doesn't realize and sometimes refuses to get rid of as well which is insanely annoying um and I've also like I've seen in guidelines before um that you can't incentivize people for reviews can you either like technically speaking that's against the guidelines yeah but then I have seen like people being sneaky so I'm just thinking like for example if you're a restaurant um on your receipt couldn't you that you give to the customer (laughs) you could put like leave us a review and be in the chance of winning a free meal here Mm. I've always wondered about that about incentivizing like is there any like gray areas of how you get away with that or just don't do it to be on the safe side um I mean personally and not necessarily for safety but for integrity I'd say don't do it um yes I am a firm believer in if you are doing a good job and you say to people please can you leave me a review they will happily do that without an incentive um as long as you've done a good job <laughs> if you're incentivizing people to leave a review they're more likely to leave something that's slightly fabricated or is presenting a better um you know experience than what they genuinely had and in my opinion it's better to have fewer genuine really genuine real reviews than it is to have you know a few more slightly over the top exaggerated reviews just for the benefit of getting them if everyone puts five stars it looks fishy as well so you're better to have those genuine reviews yes definitely I've always I've had those conversations in the past where um, business owners want want to get rid of bad reviews so they're only showing like new ones and I'm like well that just doesn't 
like it's part and parcel of having a business isn't it you're gonna you're gonna receive bad reviews not you're not gonna please everyone that's just impossible (laughs) yeah and how you deal with that can also be a huge indicator to helping people choose to go with your business in the future if you deal with it well and somebody sees that and they go actually that seems like a really good business they just had a bad day yeah Um, yeah they're so much more likely to purchase from you than if you just remove or you're defensive or you know if you deal with it poorly yeah or just ignore it altogether and hope (laughs) hope it will go away okay so how how is best to sort of like measure or track um your local SEO efforts so I use a tool called bright local um they are good friends of mine (laughs) um just because they have an amazing tool but um yeah it's quite actually quite difficult to track ranking improvements and visibility improvements within local I've I've found the local specific tools are the best ones to use there's a whole bunch of them um that I all the names have escaped me right now but bright local is the one I use just because it's quite it's often quite difficult to pick up google my business um rankings within SERPs in generic um rank trackers um so you will get a little bit in Accuranker but it's not super accurate um although I do love Accuranker for everything else (laughs) yeah and then things like um if you're wanting to track reviews and things like that there is systems within um Bright Local for doing that and then I also use UTM codes for tracking how people click into the site that I then um follow on GA um and just see how people are actually getting to the website and making sure that those UTM codes are, are well labeled so that I can see them within the campaign section but that's about it really I don't do much else <laughs> but UTM codes because I suppose if you don't set them up then you might sort of like be missing traffic that's actually coming from a Google listing yeah yeah and you're not sort of like attributing correctly traffic that's coming from people like seeing you in the SERP so to speak yeah so it'll probably come through in GA as like a brand search or however you have your filters set up it will come through the traffic will come through but you won't know at all whether it's come from GMB so it's it's really important to add those UTM codes where where you can ah yes because yeah because you you don't want to be putting all your efforts into um, local SEO and not tracking it properly yeah exactly that's especially important if you're using the services and products feature um, we've added tracking to products before and had it set up so that it says it's from GMB product click and we've been able to attribute um, revenue directly to Google My Business which has been fantastic for reporting and also just being able to justify the work that goes into what some people think is quite a, a minimal relatively easy job to do yeah that's a very key point for using the products um, feature on GMB yes good very very good point can profile health on GMB tie into like the wi- like the wider SEO algorithms so for example if you've got a poor profile could this hinder your national SEO in my opinion, yes, but there is a caveat that not having it set up and not having it optimized isn't going to damage your visibility necessarily, but having it will improve it. So think of it like um, your life is fine before you bought that really awesome uh, kitchen peeler that's electronic and it goes really quick and it's great. Um, but 
after you buy it, you're like, oh, I can't believe I ever live without this. This is amazing. I never have to peel my potatoes by hand again. So not having that peeler wasn't damaging your life, but having it has greatly improved it. That's generally how I see it for like wider strategies. It's kind of like having a little gold mine sitting there that you're just not using and then you suddenly use it and you're like, oh, wow, this is actually really amazing. Um, And I've been missing out on it. But not having it isn't going to damage you necessarily. And I like that analogy there with the peeler. I've also uh, I've also seen Google monetize uh, local results in uh, the Mac in the in the Mac Pap. That's a hard word to say. <laughs> uh, in the Map Pap. Can you give examples of how sort of like Google has monetized these, and how do you feel like Google will continue to do this in the future? Um. So I know there was there was a lot of talk about the subscription kind of monetized Google My Business accounts um, a little while ago. And that was, that fell through. That never happened, I think, probably because of the amount of um, of uh, anger that came from the SEO community on that and also the local business community. And I know that that would damage a lot of local businesses to do that, to present um, paid accounts higher up in local results. However, they do have uh, PPC, paid advertising within um, maps that are clearly marked as ads. We are seeing those more regularly than before. At least I've I've noticed it more regularly than I used to. Um, and I don't think necessarily Google are going to make it worse. So I don't think they are going to introduce that huge monetized Google My Business profiles or premium profiles, I think it was described as. Because um, if they carry on putting up barriers to use like that they're they're going to lose a huge part of the reason they exist in the first place which is presenting the best results rather than presenting those who have the most money um but i think maps ads will probably continue and they'll probably be more and more popular especially after the last year or so of people not going out more people Mm. are going to make the use of being able to go out and those ads are probably going to be more um more effective than they would have been pre-covid um so i think they'll continue to use them and as more people continue to learn how to use it it will grow but i don't think they'll do that full monetization of gmb um just because they'll cut out such a huge portion of the market um and damage a lot of businesses that really rely on gmb to get a lot of their you know revenue in without having to pay anything so yes yes I, de- I definitely think um google can be sneaky in that though don't they they sometimes yeah. like put themselves first <laughs> um and i hope there's no one from google that's listening because i love you and <laughs> we all love you secretly <laughs> it's like a love-hate relationship with google isn't it like, that's the banter yeah. that we have um <laughs> um so unfortunately, uh, we are running out of time, and I but I feel like we have covered so much, and yeah, um, it's been wonderful um, what we've spoken about. So thank you. Um, is there anything that you think we've missed, or anything that you want to like quickly say or bring up? Yeah, the main kind of takeaway from all of this, I think, you know, if you take nothing else away from this, you absolutely absolutely should take this, um, is that local SEO isn't just Google My Business. There's so much else that comes with it and you absolutely should be looking into all these other things that we've discussed today, all the trust signals and reviews and everything else um, and using it for your big national strategies as well. It's not just for 
little tiny businesses um it's it's for everyone really um so yeah yes because I think yeah I think sometimes um or when I first sort of like learned about like local SEO or even it was a thing Mm. I definitely thought it was more for like the smaller business but that's really not the case is it like big businesses like any business no matter what size um you're gonna if you've got a physical location or even if you haven't got a physical location because you don't even need that do you like any business should really get on there um so yeah I suppose that's a good point isn't it so you don't physically need a location to set up on Google My Business, do you? Because no. um, I think you can hide your, like if you have to set, put in like your personal address, for example, you can hide that and more put like service areas. Is that correct? Yeah, it's much more flexible than it used to be. So you can be literally any type of business, online only, um, mobile, whatever you want. Um, everybody can use it and should be using it, basically. Do you think you rank better if you do have a physical location? From experience, Yes, but marginally. Okay. <laughs> okay. That is good to know. Um, I, I just thought because, yeah, um, I, I didn't know whether Google sort of gave preferential treatment to people who had like a physical, um, like, yeah, because I didn't know whether, whether that was like another trust signal, but I suppose that would mitigate because there's a lot of people that are just online, aren't they? Or they don't, yeah. like, they don't service people from a location. Yeah. I think, it, again, it varies based on the business, but um if you've got a bricks and mortar shop, for example, you're probably more likely to get local visibility than you are if you're online only. Definitely. Are there any resources that you can recommend to people if they want to learn more about what we've spoken about? Absolutely. Check out the Bright Local Academy and blog. Um, They've got some amazing content on there. Um, One of my favorite people, Claire Carlisle, um, writes a lot of content for Bright Local. Um, and they've got some fantastic resources on there. So go check that out. Um, and also the strategic website. I've written some cool stuff about local on there as well. So um, shameless plug. Uh, go have a look at those two. <laughs> All for shameless plug. All for them. <laughs> uh, right. Are you ready for a bit of fun to finish off? I am. A bit more fun. <laughs> a bit more fun. Yes. <laughs> So with Halloween just around the corner, are you a Halloween fan? I love Halloween. It's my favourite season apart from Christmas. Well, that is wonderful to hear. Otherwise, this <laughs> segment could have been very awkward if you hated it. <laughs> so I have a Halloween-themed higher or lower game for you. Okay. And they're based on uh, near me keywords. So that is where the tenuous link is. <laughs> so I'm going to give you a keyword and you basically have, and what the average search volume is. Um, I've got the data from Bright Edge. That's what okay. I've used. Um, but yeah, and you've basically got to say if the next search uh, search term is gets basically higher or lower um, average search volume. Is that clear? I think so, yes. <laughs> okay, right. So let's kick things off. Pumpkins for sale near me. So that keyword gets on average 720 searches a month. So 720 people are wanting to get pumpkins like for sale near them. So face paint near me, does that get more or less than pumpkins? I'm going with less. Oh, that is the wrong answer, Levi. Ah. That gets more. So, yeah, face paint near me gets 1,600 average search volume. 
a month. Gosh, are people letting their kids use Google a lot? I don't know. Um, but yeah, more people are wanting to face paint to paint a pumpkin on their face and actually buy one themselves. Oh. Um, okay, so costume higher near me, higher or lower than face paint. So face paint was 1,600. I think that's going to be lower as well. It is lower, yeah. So. Costume hire, so people looking for pumpkins if they want to dress up as a pumpkin for Halloween. Uh, that average search volume is five hundred and ninety. Um, and the last one then, Halloween decorations near me, higher or lower than costume hire? Oh, I think that's higher. Higher than costume hire? Yeah. <laughs> oh no, we were looking, we were looking for lower. Because, oh. yes, that gets uh, 170 average search volume. Oh. Do people so. not decorate for Halloween? Well, gosh. Who, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I suppose this is this is my bad research, isn't it? Because, like, this is a average, isn't it, of, of the year. Oh, I see. So there'll be, like, seasonal changes going on. Yeah. Well, but still, yes. Um, still surprising. Still surprising that more people like want a costume higher than Halloween decorations. Yeah. So. I don't know if I'd want to wear a, a costume somebody else had worn on a Halloween party. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, other people don't mind. <laughs> um, unfortunately, that is all for this week. Big thanks to Levi for joining us and sharing your wonderful knowledge. Thank you for having me. How can people continue the conversation? Where are you? Um, I'm on Twitter. Um, I <laughs> my uh, Twitter handle is a bit complicated, so um, just search Levi Williams Clucas. It should come up. Um, and I'm also on LinkedIn, and uh, I'm within the Women in Tech SEO uh, Slack group and Facebook group as well. So just search Levi. I'll probably be the only one. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to say that now and someone's going to join and then you'll be yeah. like, damn it. I just want to say uh, thank thank you for tuning in, our dear, dear listeners. Uh, new episodes do go out every Tuesday and we are available on all podcast playing platforms. So please do, uh, yeah, wherever you're listening to them, please do um, subscribe because that would be awesome. You can also visit uh, the womenintechseo.com website to find more about the community Le- Levi has just mentioned there. And you can also find out about the podcast such as um, coming on to speak as a guest, if you fancied sponsoring us, what opportunities there are. And, and yeah, anything left to say is until next time. And thank you again to Levi. Thank you. Goodbye.